You're listening to the Small Town Hoopers Podcast, where we will talk everything basketball, NBA, NCAA, high school, local rec leagues. If it involves basketball, I will discuss it. I am your host, Ben, and the episode starts now. Welcome back. This is episode three of the Small Town Hoopers Podcast. On this episode, we are going to talk about the Christmas Day matchups. We are also going to talk about the James Weissman scenario out in Memphis. And we are going to discuss, yes, we are going to discuss pickup basketball rules, etiquettes, all that and more on the Small Town Hoopers podcast. Episode three of the Small Town Hoopers podcast. I am back better than ever, rejuvenated, ready to talk about basketball. That's why you are here. Um, Let's not just waste any more time. Let's get into these Christmas Day matchups. Um, I was excited going into the day. I mean, I say excited a lot, but I was excited going into that day because all the other games prior to the 8 o'clock game were, they were intriguing, had some cool storylines, but I was waiting. I was waiting for the Lakers and the Clippers. I was excited. I was ready. I was hype for that game. Because I'm a LeBron fan. I'm a basketball fan first. Let's be clear. Basketball fan, Miami Heat fan, then LeBron. In that order. So, just so you guys are clear on where my alliances are. Or allegiance, sorry. But yeah, I was excited about this game. Wanted LeBron to step up and show out. And what did I get? I got a LeBron that was passive again. Passive. Giving the ball to Caldwell Pope to shoot late in games. It's annoying. Like, I'm a I'm a LeBron fan, and it's annoying sometimes watching these games. It's like, come on, bro. You are LeBron James. I need you to get hyped for these games. Kawhi is ready. Kawhi is balling out here. And LeBron just... It's just watching the game, man. It's just disappointing. Because we know what LeBron's capable of. And he just doesn't he doesn't get hyped for these type of matchups during the season. And I don't understand why. Like you want to make a statement against the Clippers because let's just be honest, it's gonna be Clippers Lakers in the in the Western Conference Finals. Houston's okay, Denver's okay, Utah's okay, but they're not the top teams. They're not gonna be the ones at the end. Is going to come down to the Lakers and the Clippers. Those are the two teams. And last night was an opportunity for LeBron to make a statement. Let people know that the Clippers are good. And we will see them again. But I'm winning tonight. By any means. And I didn't get that energy from LeBron. I got that energy from Patrick Beverly. (laughs) I got it from the Clippers. I got it from Doc Rivers. Kawhi is just Kawhi. He's he's about hooping. He don't he don't play into the chatter. He don't play into the nonsense. He's about hooping. And when you got that person coming at you, something inside of me, at least, would just say, "Hey, fuck everything else. I'm going up against this dude. I'm doing what I can to win the game." And I didn't get that from LeBron. 
And by the time he did want to try and take over, he passed it. He passed it off. And the one play that I just, ugh, I just got so annoyed by was the strip at the end. He finally wanted to go up and take a shot, and Patrick Beverly strips out of his hands, and it goes off of LeBron, and the game's over. He waits until it's inevitable, the outcome, to try and go off. And it's annoying to see. It really is annoying to see because Bron is the guy. Bron is nice. Like, what are you, what are you doing? So that that's I said that at least a hundred times watching that game. I'm like, Bron, what are you doing? Don't pass it to him. Don't pass it to Caldwell Pope. Please don't pass it to Caldwell Pope. God, please don't pass it to Caldwell Pope. He can make a couple, but it's like it's Caldwell Pope, bro. And you're LeBron James. And it's late in the game. It's two minutes left. Kawhi just went down and was just banging threes late. And you want to pass it to Caldwell Pope, dog? Like, come on. Anthony Davis. I'd probably pass it to Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis would get a bucket. Don't pass it to Caldwell Pope. Don't do that again, LeBron. Please don't do that again. And while I was upset watching that game, if you're a Laker fan, it's not. Um, you shouldn't be too upset about that game entirely because there are good things to see from it. Anthony Davis is still playing at a high level. Kyle Kuzma is getting his confidence back. Uh, made a couple jump shots early. Had 19 in the first quarter. In the first half, I'm sorry. So there are positives to take away from this um, this game. But it comes back to LeBron. LeBron has to be the guy at the end of the game. No one else. I mean, Anthony Davis can be that guy, but it has to be LeBron. It has to be LeBron. LeBron sets the tone for that entire team. Anthony Davis may be the most talented player on the team, but LeBron mentally has been through it. He has to set the tone for that team to be successful. And throughout the season, he has done it. But I just wish for this game in particular, Battle of LA, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, Doc Rivers, and the Clippers, Christmas Day, you want to set the tone. Let it be known that we are... Still the Lakers. I am LeBron James, and I'm winning this game. That's what I wanted to see from LeBron, and I didn't get it. But that's okay. So let's look at it from the other side. Look at it from the Clippers' standpoint. Clippers have still been relatively good this year, but this game showed their talent at every position. Paul George could get his shot off whenever he wants. Lou Williams is crucial off the bench. He can get a shot off whenever he wants. Patrick Beverly's a dog. Kawhi Leonard is Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Consistent, steady, shows no emotion, just hoops. He just hoops. Montrez Harrell, another dog. And that team is the best built to beat the Lakers. That team is the best built to beat the Lakers because they defend at a high level and they have three or four players that can get their own shot whenever they want. When you defend at a high level can score whenever you want, and can get a basket late in games, it's a championship team. It's a championship team. Coaching, offense, defense, but more importantly defense, it's a championship team. Built to win a championship. And you can see they took this game way more serious than the Lakers did. Kawhi said in an interview before the game, he said this is just another game for him. I don't believe it, but it is in Kawhi's temperament to say things like that and keep the media 
within arm's reach, you know. But this was a big game. Clippers made a statement that we are the best team in the West. You could think LeBron's and the Lakers are good, but talent-wise, we're the best. That's what I learned from that game, that for the Lakers to get over the hump against the Clippers, they have to play above and beyond because the Clippers just playing regular can beat them. They didn't play that great Christmas um, on the season opener, still won. Kawhi was tremendous in this game. They were down early, but Clippers had the coaching to get back into the game, and they won. I learned a lot from this game. Lakers got to step it up if they want to beat the Clippers. Clippers are probably the best team in the West. That's what I learned. So now that I got uh, the best game of the night of that night out the way, let's talk about some other some of the other matchups that uh, occurred on Christmas Day. The day started off with Boston at Toronto. Um, it was a good game. Boston just led throughout. Jalen Brown went off, had 30 points. Boston's a good team. They're a solid team. Uh, addition to Kemba Walker, subtracting Kyrie Irving made a huge difference. Kemba's a more energetic, team-focused player than Kyrie was. And you see the teammates kind of gather around him or look at him as a leader more than they did Kyrie. Much more production out of Tatum. Much more production out of Jalen Brown. And Kemba Walker's a walking bucket. So I expected Boston to do what they did and win that game. Toronto, I don't know how to feel about Toronto. Pascal Siakam's great. He didn't play in that game because I think he was injured. But Siakam's really good. He's really talented. I like Vlan Vliet on that roster. But you could just see that losing Kawhi kind of, they're not the same team. I don't think they're going to do anything crucial in the Eastern Conference. And I'll save my thoughts about Kyle Lowry for another podcast. I don't think he's that good, but it's just my personal opinion. So after that game, we had the Philadelphia 76ers against the Milwaukee Bucks. And coming off the last podcast, I thought Giannis was going to go off. He had a bad game. Philly just ran through Milwaukee. Joel Embiid stepped up and played very well. And I got a lot of shit <laughs> after that game about my Giannis talk. I'm st- I'm not going to back down from that. I'm not going to back down from it. Giannis is still the best player in the league. Best players have bad games. It happens. It happens. It happens. LeBron had a bad game. I don't hold it completely against him. But... Eastern Conference is a little different than the Western Conference. There's no clear-cut two best teams in the Eastern Conference. In the West, it's two clear best teams in the West, and they're going up head-to-head with all the chatter. That game mattered way more than the Sixers and Bucks. Joel Embiid played well. Good to see him being aggressive on offense and being dominant on defense. I learned... Took a lot from that game, actually. Um, when Giannis is down, the Milwaukee Bucks, they don't can't do anything. No second player could step up and lead them to a victory. It has to be Giannis. 
So when Giannis has a bad game, the whole team is gone to shit. And that could be a major issue. So that's kind of what I learned from that Sixers-Milwaukee game. The next game was the Houston Rockets versus the Golden State Warriors. And normally, typically, this would be a primetime matchup. But this year, nobody gives a fuck about the Warriors (laughs) because they are horrible. And I expected Houston to come out and obliterate them. I honestly did. I thought James Harden would put up 60 in this game. Thought he would come out Christmas Day, just drop 60 by mid-fourth and just call it a call it a night. But that did not happen because the Houston Rockets are the Houston Rockets. And they allowed D'Angelo Russell and a bunch of no-names on the Golden State Warriors to win on Christmas Day. I was shocked. I was completely shocked. D'Angelo Russell is nice. And last year, we saw what he's capable of in Brooklyn. And I was kind of hoping to see more of Steph and D'Angelo play together, that dynamic, how it, how it would work, two ball-dominant players. One, probably the greatest shooter we've ever seen. The other one, still developing his jump shot, but has the ability to do what he wants on the floor, off the pick-and-roll in particular. And they came, and they won. They won that game. I was surprised. I thought Harden was going to go for 60, like I said earlier. And this is just another case in point of a team just not taking their opponent seriously. It's kind of like the any given Sunday theory in the NFL where any given Sunday, any team can beat anybody. And we saw that on a Wednesday in the NBA. The Probably the worst team in the league, the Golden State Warriors, came out and played a solid game from beginning to end. And they beat the Houston Rockets. You like those underdog stories. You like those moments where it feels like a team has no shot. And they come and surprise you. They play the best game of their lives and they win the game. This is, of course, not on the same level as some other crazy upsets. But it's good to see. I like D'Angelo Russell. I think... He kind of got the short end of the stick when both Steph and Clay got hurt. But it's good to see him playing good basketball. And if you're a basketball fan and you know what D'Angelo Russell's kind of been through since he started his NBA career, it's good to see him back on his feet. Especially last year with the Nets. He kind of resurrected his career in a sense, even though his career is just getting started. But still, it's good to see. So that's what I took from the Warriors and Rockets game. On the Golden State side, it's just good to see D'Angelo Russell play well and Steph on the sidelines cheering. It's, it's, it's cool to see. On the Rockets side, on the other hand, I mean, Harden's still going to be Harden, but I expected. I wanted to see 60 on Christmas Day. We've gotten the 50-point games, or the, the 40-point games on Christmas Day. I wanted Harden to go off for 60 on that game. Well, maybe another Christmas Day he'll do it, but that's what I took from the Warriors, and the Rockets matchup. And finally, we had the Denver Nuggets take on the New Orleans Pelicans for the late uh, the late night game. And that was another surprising uh, upset. The New Orleans Pelicans went into Denver and won 112 to 100. Brandon Ingram had 31. He has been playing phenomenal this year. Even when the New Orleans... They're not looked at as a team to compete. I mean, they're 9-12 and 
23, I believe. But Brandon Ingram's nice. He is hooping right now. Having the averaging the most points in his career uh per game. He's playing really well. And he's become the guy, the go to guy in New Orleans. Um there's no Zion Williamson. He's been hurt this entire season. Still interested to see what he can do this year or if they're going to even bring him back this year. But New Orleans, they have they have t- they have good players. They have good players. They don't have a star. But Brandon Ingram is a good player and I I know teams are going to want him. Uh I think he's a free agent at the end of this year. Teams are going to want him. He can score the basketball. He's long. Can shoot the three ball, get to the basket. Maybe a little bit of a defensive liability, but his long arms, I mean, defense is something that you could kind of coach and teach. But yeah, New Orleans, they shocked me. I want to see more from Denver. Um, Jamal Murray's got to be better. Jamal Murray is, while the Joker is the big and he's the star on that team, Jamal Murray is the guard that has to complement the Joker. He's got to be more consistent. There were moments in that game late where he got good looks. He just couldn't knock them down. Jamal Murray's got to knock those shots down if they're going to compete or even try to make a run in the Western Conference like they did last year. But Jamal Murray's got to be better. Joker has to step up a little bit too. His game is so polished that watching him play, he he has an old man's game. His footwork is incredible. His vision is incredible. He could shoot the mid-range jump shot very well. But I just wish he would kind of take over in games like this. Him and Jamal Murray are the keys to that team being successful. So that's what I took from that final Christmas Day matchup between the Pelicans and the Denver Nuggets. So now I want to have somewhat of a more serious conversation uh, as I discuss this James Weissman situation uh, dealing with the NCAA and his decision to bypass college and get ready for the NBA draft. I think his decision is warranted. I think that he should prepare for the draft because the NCAA has done nothing for him but been a headache. He's a talented NBA prospect. He's ready. He's ready for the league already. And these one-and-done rules that are keeping players that are ready for the league and top prospects that are league-bound – They got to sit in the college game and play a year there to get to the NBA. I think the rule doesn't make sense. If a player is ready and there's teams willing to pay him for his services, he should be in the league. The college game has done nothing to incentivize players to go to college, especially high prospects. NCAA is not paying these players. The risk of injury is way too high especially if you're a top prospect. We saw last year Zion at Duke almost blow his knee out for free. He wasn't getting paid. He almost blew his knee out for free. And the last thing I want to see is a player not get his not get his money. Like you're you have so much talent and you have to sit in a league for a year and not get paid. It doesn't make sense to me. I wrote an article uh, you can go to smalltownhoopers.com if you want to check out the article. It's called The Powers That Be. And I discuss it, and it doesn't make sense anymore for 
a top prospect to even think about going to college to play basketball. There's too much risk. You got to go to classes you don't want to necessarily go to and then wait a year and then get drafted. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You got to feed your family at the end of the day. And if the NBA is ready for you, there shouldn't be a rule saying that you got to go to college for a year. And we're seeing top prospects like RJ Hampton or a LaMelo Ball go play internationally and then come back to the draft. Because once you've played professional basketball, you can now go to the NBA. And that, you're going to see way more players start to do that. We've seen it in the past. We've seen Manuel Moutier, uh, Brandon Jennings, a couple other players that bypass college straight from high school and then go play overseas for a couple years, one year in particular, and then come back to get drafted. And I see that more being the path. Now let's take a step back from the player side and look at the institutions that be. You have the NBA. And you have the NCAA, two institutions going in a completely different path. The NCAA is kind of staying stuck in their ways. The NBA is being way more progressive in trying to find outlets for other players. NBA is working on developing their G League further, trying to trying to get more of a amateur league with the G League, so even if you're not a top prospect, but you're coming out of college with maybe your second round, third round undrafted player, the G League is an option, and they would allow you to get paid that way. NBA, it's highly likely that within the next three years, the one-and-done rule will be done. So you see the NBA making strides. I mean, they're a business at the end of the day. They're about making money. But you see more of a shift towards allowing players to make their decisions as far as, especially out of high school, making money playing basketball. The NBA is moving further towards that, and the NCAA is being stuck in their ways, not incentivizing top prospects to even go play for a college when the NCAA is making billions of dollars. NCAA is making billions of dollars. You can't you can't pay these players. I'm not sure what... I don't know what the number figure is in the NCAA, but they're making a lot of money not to... <laughs> they don't give... These prospects don't get shit in comparison to what the NCAA is making. It's a fact. And to see prospects get in trouble for getting money from coaches and or boosters it's hypocritical because the NCAA is making billions of dollars off the likeness and the blood sweat and tears of these college athletes and what do they have to show for it free education I get it but when you have a chance to make millions of dollars and your talent warrants that millions of dollars, don't don't put these rules and regulations in 
especially when a player is coming to your university and making you money. That's all I'm saying. And if you want to read a little bit more about my thoughts on that, you can go to smalltownhoopers.com. It's the first article there. It should be um, the powers that be. And let me know what you guys think, man. Um, That's how I feel about the NCAA. It's a corrupt system. Even what they did with Rich Paul. It's like, come on, bro. Rich Paul is established agent in this business. And then NCAA wants to come up with a rule saying your agent has to have a bachelor's degree. As important as a bachelor's degree may seem, work experience and actual production and real clients should matter over a bachelor's degree in this case. Rich Paul has done a lot for this league, done a lot for his clients. And the fact that the NCAA thought they could get that off is ridiculous. So that's kind of my stance on the NCAA. Now, on a lighter note, a much lighter note, I know that last conversation was a little serious. We're going to talk pickup basketball. So if you go to LA Fitness, New York Sports Club, just out in the park hooping, what are the rules? What do you do? What are some things that you look for when you're trying to get a team together? Let me just tell you, I play pickup basketball, I don't want to say often, but more times than not. And it's funny. It's really funny just seeing people come up to the court, just don't know what to do. So let me just give you kind of three things to do when you're pulling up to the court. First, as soon as you get there, there's a lot of teams, if there's a lot of players, kind of people playing, got to ask who's next. And how many necks are there? That's important. That'll tell you what kind of day you're going to (laughs) have. You go up, ask who got necks. Person says he got necks. Okay. How many necks are after that? If he says five or six, day's over. (laughs) The day is over. I'm not waiting six necks to play one game. And if I lose that game, it's over. Then I got to wait another six times. Nah. I'm going to come back another time. Next, second thing, you get to the court, you got to scout. You got to see who's good. You got to see who's not. You got to see the dude that's wearing way too many accessories. He's always trash. He got a headband, shooting sleeve, socks rolled up, uh, Nike compression shorts, um, fresh J's on. He's garbage. I'll let you know that right now. He's horrible. He's going to... Have a Tory Lanez looking jump shot. He's going to have a hitch in his jump shot. He's not going to pass the ball. He's going to think he's the nicest player on the court. It always happens. And if you're listening, don't be that guy. And don't pick that guy up. You got to find the players that you watch and they pass the ball, move the ball around, hit an open shot. Run the floor on offense. That's another guy you want to pick up. And you always need a big. So just get the biggest dude there. If you could get him, perfect. Just plant him under the basket. He'll get all the rebounds you need. And the last thing, always say good game, man. No matter what. When you go to the court, always say good game. It's a respect thing. We hoop. Show respect. You could talk trash all you want during the game. Things could get heated. But at the end of the day, 
it's just basketball. There's nothing to get too frustrated or angry about. We love the game. Just play basketball. Show your respect to the players that deserve the respect. Say good game and keep it moving. And those are the three things that I do or look for when I go to play pickup. Um, make sure there's not too many next. Scout everyone on the court. And always be respectful. It's a good game. Say good game. It's basketball. You know those guys that just take it way too serious and get mad. Like, we're not in the league, bro. <laughs> we who? We come here for fun. We come here to play ball. And obviously you want to be competitive, but don't let that ruin the time. Like, it's we, we came to play basketball. We all love the game. We wouldn't be here if we didn't. Just be respectful. Play the game the right way. And just hoop. That's what we do. That has been episode three of the Small Town Hoopers podcast. Again, thank you for listening. I can't stress it enough. Thank you. Without the listeners, without people paying attention, this podcast wouldn't be possible. Again, thank you for listening. If you do me a favor, go to uh, smalltownhoopers.com for articles, past articles that I've written. Go to Twitter, at STHoopers. I'm also on Instagram, at smalltownhoopers. Yeah, so follow me, man. Give me a shout-out. You have any questions, you like the articles, you like the podcast, reach out to me. Let me know. Show me some love. I appreciate it. And like I say at the end of every podcast, just go hoop. Just go hoop. We love the game. We love basketball. Just go hoop. And hooping can mean anything. It could be watching basketball. It could be going to play basketball at the gym. It could be anything involving the game. Just go hoop. Again, thank you for your time today. My name is Ben, and this has been episode three of the Small Town Hoopers podcast.